Welcome to the Crackton Comedy Club! On tonight's show, we're chatting in studio with David McSavage, and we'll be playing live clips from Sean Uyosa, Hattie Preston, and John Sheehan. Welcome to the Crackdown Comedy Club. Uh, we've got David McSavage tonight. Special guest. Hiya. Hey. And then uh, we'll just... I wasn't there the last time Dave was on, and, oh. uh, and there was... Was it two... Oh, it was uh, so bad. Um, was a man spreading? What was this guy? No, this guy, he was just sitting in his chair like he was uh, the king of whatever, Dublin. And he had his, he's just sitting there with the legs open. And, and he obviously knew me and knew my background. And, you know, because my name is McSavage, but I changed it. I changed it from Andrews to McSavage because my father was a big disappointment to me. Hey! <laughs> and um, so he, he, and he was a bit pissed. So he, and he knows that Ryan Turberdy is my cousin. Who gives right. a fuck, you know? Yeah. And uh yeah, go on, Ryan Tobody. Ha ha ha. Ryan Tobody, yeah, Andrews. Ha 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 ha. You know what I'm looking and 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 um you know, you're trying to fucking set up a store, you know, you're trying to interact with the thing, and this little cunt is fucking in your ear, like a little gnat <laughs> fucking in your ear. And there's nothing you could have said to him to because he was that drunk. He was he was sort of sociopathically yeah. drunk, you know. Yeah. And and if you could, if you if you really did have to put him down, there would have been a fight or something. You you would have had to say something to snap him out of that. Well, I don't know. Well, you, it, was, I don't know. it was pretty funny. You you did put him down. No, nah, but I didn't. I I, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> but I think going, you have to get inappropriately vicious sometimes, and then you lose the goodwill of the audience. Oh yeah, but I'm sure the. I'm sure the audience were. I wasn't there. You, you what, maintained you put the, him down you maintained the goodwill of the audience for most of it. Well, well, you described him. You said, "I can see the idiotic thoughts oh, yeah. that this man is having." They're like a train coming from the back of the room. The back of the room. Yeah, you could see him. You could see him. Like, I just I about to say something. Sorry, I realise this isn't being recorded on video, so there's no point in me doing fucking. Oh, uh, yeah, it is over there. <laughs> is over there. But the thing is, oh. the two comedians. Interesting how they reacted. You, Eddie. You're like a nervous little auntie who's thrown a birthday party and wants everybody to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then and then there's Sharon Thanks, Mannion, um, who took extreme delight in watching me suffer, which is which which is how no, which is normal. How, which is normal. Because yeah. most comedians see other comedians die. It's the most exciting thing. Yeah. But like, what's your man, what's his name? Chris Kent. Chris Kent, like, avoided me like I had uh, a, a rare um, virus or something. Because he was, I, I came off stage radioactive. And he's like, I want fucking nothing. I don't want to be associated with that fucking whatever that is. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's got, he's got, you know, he's, he's got his way of... Oh, deadpan. Uh, but Chris, Chris, Kent you know. had to, Chris Kent had to go with that cunt in the audience as well. Oh, did he? Yeah, he went up yeah. and he, he, said, he You know, he could have come up to me and consoled me a bit. That would have been uh, a, a better thing to do. Yeah, but he, he just had, fucking avoided me. He's he, like fucking Roy Keen. Well, you know, that's your job. You fucked up. You know, oh, you know so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my... Well, Chris Kent said something like to him, because your man started probably, piping probably up. He said, a lot more you think you're better. a big man, do you? P- trying to put down Max Savage. You think you're a big man? And then uh, I can't remember what he said, but he... he Can I just say, uh, right now, I retract any negative things I've said towards Chris Kent. I love him and I adore him. Do you retract the negative things you said about me? No! (laughs) (laughs) You are my punching bag. Speaking of punching bags, and uh, let's talk about your beautiful sister who pole dances. Can we cut this out? 
<laughs> no. Are you a good looking guy, Eddie? So I'd say your sister's a bit of a ride. No, Jesus she, Christ. She looks like me, actually. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? She's got Can you imagine hair. actually that? Like a female body with tits and a vagina, and then just a man, like, you know, Eddie's head with a big. <laughs> sorry, we're getting into territory that Eddie's we don't big, necessarily Eddie's want to wander head. into. Yeah. But that reminded me more about the Eddie, just don't later. look at me. Don't look at me when I'm trying to fuck you. With his sexy age. Uh, remember when years ago, but you and PJ Gallagher, every time you did bad gigs, you would ring each other. Oh, I love and that. And if I was with him or if I was with you, mm. I would hear how you were going or how mm. he was going. Well, that's how it should be dealt with. Like Sh- Sharon Mannion uh, laughing at, at me <laughs> yeah. is, the, is, is the best way to get over it. Because, yeah, it, it is. You know, it's, it's so, you know, the worst thing when people, oh, no, you did okay. No, I didn't. You just want somebody... Like who knows who is a comedian? Yeah. Just going. <laughs> they get it because yeah, almost because yeah. you know you're not looking at it uh, as an uh, event or oh this is uh, and what's, also, what's happening. You're like well, oh also I it, cheers see where us he's up, at. it cheers us up as well. Like when, yeah. back in the day when me and PJ were friends, <laughs> <laughs> um, we would ring each other up when we did shit gigs, and it it, it, it would cheer me. You'd like to hear his this, some awful fucking gigs he did corporates. And you just—it was so exciting. Oh, what was that one he did? That song he would—the uh, parody of like was, the Eye of he the was, Tiger. Yeah, he was chased. He, he was chased out of out of the gig, <laughs> chased <laughs> into the parking lot or something. Yeah, like, I've see. done. I've done a few of those corporates. No, there. It's the worst thing. Worst places to perform as a comedian. It's the daytime. The people who are there don't want to be there. It's an extension of their work. They haven't chosen to be there. They don't know who you are. It's also inappropriate to talk about sexual stuff at that time of the day and uh, oh mm. and and uh, i yeah so but it doesn't suit you as well though because you are very much in, in honest people's faces in yeah people's uh, faces. like barry murphy is the king of corporate uh event like he goes in he'll sit with the clients and he'll, he'll do get local knowledge and he'll sort of work it all in because you have to kind of make it about them and it has to be within parameters kind of like hotel foyer type of can't go below this line and above that line. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just drinking kombucha kakacha. Oh, it's kakacha. Kombucha, the, yes, but but that's the healthiest your... belch we've had on this show so far. I'm so sorry, I apologise, but yeah, because so dying go, on that your com- arse that is... kombucha is that's it's like six euro a bottle for that little kombucha. So that belch is like fifty cents. That's corporate gig money. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's that's, doing the corporate stuff. That's like kombucha. Uh, I did a corporate gig about a few months ago. And uh, Jesus Christ, it was so. I feel so sorry for the people because they give you two grand or something, you know, which is small potatoes, you know, comparing like a mate of mine, what's his name, Paul Chowdhury over in the UK, like he'll get 20,000. Can you imagine 20,000? 20,000 pounds. Yeah, for a one, gig. One, like, what, 30 I, minutes? I'd, sit, I'd sit in a foyer for that, chat to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd wear, yeah. A, I'd wear a wig and ask questions for that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be... That's quite reductive of Barry Murphy's... Is that all he is to you? Just no, no. <laughs> no. So, so. And then I remember uh, hearing a story, uh, Ed Byrne, I gig with him over summer, and uh, he's, he, you know, he had this one, he died in his hole, but then he finished his gig with, um, it was a big corporate event with the, in a, with the big round tables and all that in a, in a function room. 
didn't do any well. But then he just went, oh, and thanks everyone for your tan grant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to do? At least you yeah. show some appreciation. Well, well, you really, you know, um, like I don't work in a corporate situation, corporate, don't even know what that means, uh, an office environment where there's 100, 200 people. So there's all this sort of hierarchy. So they're not equal socially it, within the company. And so, you know, if you, if you don't know who these people are and you're making, you make fun of the wrong person. I did a gig once. I think that the, the, the name of the company was Qualceram or something like that. I think they made ceramic fucking pipes or something. This is years and years ago. But, but I ripped into the, um, to the fucking, uh, the, the guy who ran the business and they didn't pay me. Just refused no to pay way. me. But I mean, they were only going to pay me a hundred quid or something anyway. But like. But still. But still. And then I did a gig uh, for the solicitors or a Christmas party. And Brian Cowan's, Brian Cowan, the, the disgraced former prime minister, I know I call it Taoiseach, but I just like saying prime minister to annoy, excuse me, those, excuse me, it's Taoiseach. I know it's Taoiseach, you fucking Twitter idiot. I'm just being ironic, okay? Former prime minister, Brian Cowan, his brother runs the solicitor's office, wherever that is. Where, where are they? Is it, he's around from Condor or something, isn't he? No, but anyway, I was ripping into him. I was ripping into Brian Cowan, calling him a blubbery-faced alcoholic. Now, I am, a, <laughs> I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic, so I can make fun of alcoholics. But he has a big blubbery face, Brian Cowan. I, he like, I just don't, just the way he talks. And he was so slovenly. He was drunk one time in an interview. I thought it reflected very badly on the country. So I was going on about that. I didn't know that his brother was sitting in the fucking audience. <laughs> right, wait a second. So his brother there. And he's like, he, his whole world is collapsing in on him. And of course, the, the staff who would be loyal to whoever that guy was, they'd be looking at him and looking at me and going, oh, geez. you know, and they'd be sort of trying to virtue signal to the boss. He's terrible. He's a... And then after the gig, me and whoever I was doing the gig with, we were in the green room and outside the green room, obviously one of the co-workers, he's ruined our Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, completely ruined it. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I did. I did a gig as well. <laughs> like I've done I've, any corporate gig I've ever done, they've ended horribly. I did a gig. Uh, was it a Flan O'Brien tribute fucking thing or something? And um, I was going on about. Now this is way back in the day. This is like twenty years ago. And I was talking. About, and the cast of Fair City. No, I didn't know the cast of Fair City were in the audience. It seems but like I, every time you, you it's but it the particular a, it's person you're having I was a go actually at, on, I was, and you never know there. I was actually like, on you have a go at everybody. Yeah, the yeah, odds yeah. are someone's in the crowd. No, I was on the, I was on stage with Aidan Bishop, right? Yeah, and we were we were doing this thing, and then uh, and then I said said something like Fair City, you know, watching Fair City, it makes me feel like I have autism. Now, in the sense that it's so not exact, it's just to the left of where it's a, you think. It's and, and now, first of all, you know, I love, you know, you know, neurological disorders, you know, you're just, but you're trying to convey an image, a feeling or whatever. It's part and of the diagnostic so, toolkit they, they should, for autism, a diagnosis. Right. They, but then a woman stood up in the audience and says, my son has autism or something like that. And of course, the oxygen get pu gets pulled out of the room. Uh, Aiden fucks off. <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> he just I'm done and just runs. Yeah, yeah. But then now, I think Barry Murphy and uh, <laughs> Barry Murphy is in every he always, he always pops up. No, this was it. Sorry, this was in Vicker Street. So Barry Murphy and um, uh, Tommy Tierney were there, and they were like on the ground crying, you know, crying their eyes out, like I just, you know, spectacularly crashed. <laughs> 
But like, you know, that's a great one. fuck it, mate. But, you know, back in the day, you could make mistakes and fuck up without it fully. Uh, not that your career. What, what I'm trying to say is it, it, if you do fuck up, it, it's, it seems you get it, it's much more instantaneous in terms of people's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should write a book of like just the date. Every chapter is like a different date yeah, at yeah. the gig. And it's just gig by gig. <laughs> yeah, gig by gig autobiography. Bad, yeah. bad gigs. Well, um, what's his name did that? Um, yeah, Stu- what's his name? Stuart Lee. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he, like, he's written uh, How I Esca- Escaped My Certain Fate or something like that. It's an amazing book. Oh, you guys it's should a fucking... It's a script of... Is that, no, that's he, ju- of... he just writes out his gigs yeah and he then he has footnotes it's, it's fucking it's brilliant yeah brilliant um so that was uh, surely it's great you go to london a fair bit which you go to london a fair bit back and forth yeah I, it well since since the covid yeah um i've well, no what was since the covid no i discovered an old street performing buddy of mine owns a comedy club which is the top secret comedy club in um drury lane so he just puts me on all the time it's great it's great and then, but it's if anyone was going to run a club in London, that that'd be the one you want to go visit. That'd be that's what Top Secret's one yeah, of the best ones. Yeah, in London, it's 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 uh, it's the perfect kind of um, setup. It's like a black box. There's nothing else in the room. Road seating, small stage, good lighting, good uh, sound. That's yeah. what you want. And then how uh, did you used to? I know your street performers don't perform together, but like, how did you how did you guys meet? Well, we I think we we would have met in Tokyo back in like ninety one or ninety two. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I mean, that's that's how, you know. Like he was, I, I, that's what I was doing. Is I was, Mark a? Uh, I mean, is he busking. on a, unici- a unicycle? Yeah, he was a, he, he, he was a unicyclist and he juggled um, chainsaw and and a machete. Bloody hell! Yeah. And then you would sing about it. No, but no, no, no. I never did. I never did gigs with him. But his name was Sparky Marky. But he was the hardest working street performer in terms of he just do shows, save up money. You know, he was very frugal, and he was just good at creating wealth. And you know, and and now has has built the empire that he has now, which is um, Top Secret Comedy Club. I mean, he's a multimillionaire, the fucker. Yeah, but, but what was yours act? Just want to before we go for it. What was your act uh, like in Tokyo? Because you were there for a few years. Oh well, I, when I was I was there for a year and a half. Uh, I, I I was just I was just singing songs, just regular English. That's, that's when I songs. that's when I started. I was singing, you know, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, you know, Beatles songs and yeah, making you know fun. What of I mean? But but no, I wasn't making fun. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was just busking. I'd go down to this. I, I lived in this uh, suburb of Tokyo called Ikebukuro. And I lived in a thing, they call it a gaijin house, which means a foreigner's house. And uh, there was about six or seven of us, and we'd all had little rooms in this uh, foreign house. And I lived near the station in Ikebukuro, and I'd go down every night from about like 10 to 11.30 at night when all the rich, when all the salary men would c- come, be coming home. And they'd have, had a few drinks, and I'd just be, and, and I'd make, you know, I'd make $100, $150 a day doing that. Nice. Which was for, for me, it was it was like so exciting that it, I, I suddenly realised I might not have to work, <laughs> have an actual and job. And you, you know. never did. Yeah, yeah, and I never did. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. What was the moment when you went from uh, street performing music to street performing comedy? What was the little click? Well, it was uh, very gradual. It was just I noticed that when I made people laugh, that I'd get more money in the hat. 
So it's purely financial. Yeah, purely financial. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember it was uh, like the you, you when you were doing both. That was a very exciting time. <coughs> what was that? When when you're like you're out in the street during the day, and then you'd go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the I, I, I used to have a drum on my back. Oh no, maybe no, maybe, maybe I dropped the drum at that point. You used to do one man. Yeah, and show. you'd get into fights, and uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you bring the fights into the club. Sometimes still <laughs> I remember we were on together in a. It was Gubu. Now it's the Panty Bar. And someone was annoying or whatever. And they went off to the toilet. And then when they came back, they walked in front of the stage and you booted them in the back and they fell down on their face. Oh, no. <laughs> I was saying, it's the first time I've ever seen. Like, it was annoying, but it wasn't like an actual heckler, would you say? Because that's terrible. But you know but that, I, I you probably, know that I thump probably, you, you hear, like, mm, you know I was that? probably drunk you as well. Went, I think you might have been, yeah, yeah. You mm. just went, boom. And uh, just and, and it was real quiet after that. There was at one time I played. I think your man who runs the what's it? What's it? The Laughter Lounge. And I think oh, Peter. He, yeah, P- Peter. Peter fucking weirdo. Whatever his name is. <laughs> well, he is. He's a fucking odd dude. I mean, I know you. You probably play there, do you? No, they haven't booked me for a while. Well, I mean, well, you, get, you, you might have to cut this out then. No, but, no. But like... um, he he. Uh, I think he was running. You know the laughter lounge in another venue. I can't remember on Abbey Street. Oh yeah, yeah, the Academy or no, what's it called? And I think and, I, and then a guy jumped on the stage and I pushed him off the stage, and then all his mates, you know, threw through their beer like it was just like a, a, a sort of a tsunami of beer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, then, and then just surfing off the fucking stage. But yeah, listen, you know the thing is, uh, yeah. I, I I have been quite self-destructive and, you know, but it's easy to piss people off in, in Ireland. You know what I mean? Like we, we're good at resentments and, and not ever, you know, if you do something bad to me, it certainly seems that way in the comedy world. You do something bad to me, that's it. You're dead to me for the rest of your life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, I mean, it's a Catholic, I mean, every country's got some sort of religious something. And You mean uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it, it's a, callback or it's maybe i mean apart from the forgive and forget is one thing people just forget about the bible whatsoever they yeah. they, they don't have they forget read, the they forgive have, part they, they forget like, to the forgive yeah yeah so they 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 read it wrong that yeah. there's somewhere that somewhere in there's just yeah. like just hang I, on to I, that i mean i think you've got that joke you've got a joke about that well that they're like an irish person will will just hate you a tiny bit for 20 years oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did you read yeah. that no like Eddie's got a joke about but I'm it. full of that as well like I, I've got I've got resentments towards people that I'll never speak to again but then the good thing is though you see like I, fo- I fell out with the Lisa Richards agency they're the big agency you know um, in a comedy and acting agency and then I fell out with Aikens you know and that's who, both of them isn't it? you know <laughs> so, so they're the big so, so that's the other and one says, <laughs> no one's left <laughs> but, but, better but, go to London Sparky Sparky but no that's the good thing I'm, I'm, MCD I haven't pissed off MCD oh that's so, good you know the MCD who yeah. run the three Olympia yeah but, but uh, so Aiken run the Vodafone whatever comedy festival but now I'm dead to them you know, I'm dead to them. Right, clearly they won't book me, which is fine. But Have if you I'm asked d- recently? Though? No, I don't want to fuck them yeah, artistically. Yeah, yeah. No, artistically. Yeah, yeah. No, as people, you know, wish them well, but artistically, fuck you, fuck off. I don't care. But the thing is, if I'm dead to them, then I'm a dead man talking. It doesn't matter what I say, right? You've, yeah. already, you've already killed me off, motherfuckers. 
you can't you won't book me won't do it. so now you know don't now what i can't speak about you i can't slag you off it, it's it, i'm in a to me a powerful position artistically where i'm on the outside i'm i'm being i've been banished but i can also <laughs> take the piss out of them yeah. which you guys can't because you're so desperate for the shitty little gigs <laughs> that he throws your way and takes advantage of your life's work by paying you like fucking two cents and you're like <laughs> Thank you. I need that too. I'm not I'm feeling sorry. the Olympia. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm the exact David, same. Man, that's, I'm, I'm the, not feeling the Olympia. I'm the, I, I took more sense than I would have. I suddenly, why I, why I went for it. I'm in exactly the same boat with MCD. I like MCD, whoever the guy runs it. I like playing in the Olympia. I don't want to fuck that situation up, please. But if you did, then what? Well, yeah, that's... <laughs> it's going to happen. You know it's, it's going to happen. Well, you've always got the street. <laughs> back, to the, back to the drum on your back. Back to Tokyo. Mm. There's something, though, there's like a thing in... There is, it's liberating, though, when, when you're... Uh, uh, sorry, sorry uh, for cutting you off, but I j- just want to... What were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, just uh, that in your comedy, you're quite... Uh, you're edgy. And a- there's a thing where you're... Um, Someone who is confrontational in nature, like yourself, as a very edgy comedy, is always going to be at risk and will fucking people will establish themselves as your enemy. Mm. But then you can make some of the best comedy going. If we all played it safe Mm. and wanted to please people, bookers or whoever, comedy would be a very boring world. Well, they're called punchlines, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, the, the, the good thing about what we're doing here and, and the fucking um, revolutionary thing or, or, or a kind of a career saver is the social media thing, you know. Um, w- you know, the, I've got the Instagram, Touchwood, that seems to be going well. And that kind of, it, the, the, the idea that I can just be, uh, what's the word, um, s- self, uh, what's, the, what's the word when, when, you, when you're, um, you're just creating your own stuff? Independent and yeah, yeah, yeah. You just oh, there's a word I hate that when I'm trying to think that you're self-generating. So, so you know, I'm I'm starting this podcast. I do posts. I've built up an audience now of seventy thousand, you know, people on the Instagram, and you transpose that popularity into ticket sales. Like, if I didn't have social media, I'd be in big trouble. I would say. Yeah, so and it's, I mean, it'll really, be tricky so, to you know, piss and, off. And, and it's, you can't... Yeah, it's <laughs> 70,000 people well, at once. Well, no, it's tricky. It's not tricky to... I mean, it is... I'm at the pleasure of Instagram. It is their platform. It's not my stage. So there's certain things that you can't go near, which is, a, which is kind of... Uh, you know, I kind of almost feel sorry for the general public, you know, that... Because... You know, like I was saying this on stage, maybe in the crackdown, I, I kind of thought early on that as a performer, you're duty bound to sort of share whatever pops into your head with uh, with the audience. Now, you, you, you're not going to dis you're not uh, promoting what you're saying or but you just this is a thought that popped into my head. And I think people who uh, are fairly well adjusted have the wisdom to know if you're being if these are actually your views or not, you know, we say we say crazy shit. I mean, it's a way of processing the absurdity of life. Yeah, but there are a few people who, and and we've heard this ad nauseum in every fucking podcast. There are there are always a few people, and there always have been a few people who will mm. take everything you say out of fucking context or take it literally, or the classic. I mean, when I say, you know, you can't say that. Well, you see, the thing is, you can. You can't say. 
you can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. you can't. You, you, it's, it's almost <clears throat> like getting inside Damien or Eddie's head and saying, "Well, you can't be thinking that." Well, for fuck's sake, you know. But it, I think that tension it'll it'll be there as long as there are humans. There's always going to be. Yeah, there'll always be a yeah. way to annoy us. And then yeah. people people agree, will yeah. always believe in something, and then they'll take that thing seriously. And if you insult that thing, they will say no. So yeah. there's always the and the hu- ones that you have to worry about brain. are the militant. Ones yeah, yeah. Who who uh, who who who, who, who want to end you? Yeah, the ones mm. have a big platform and all that. There's but a few of them out there. Yeah, yeah. But I I I think I said this uh, like one of the gigs where where some women came up and were like. Uh, you said something to them, and it was very funny because they were. Th- there was a woman on her phone for ages. She wouldn't put it away. Oh. This is months ago. Yeah, and she was like, meh, meh, meh. and you were like, no, look. Uh, and you goes, look. You said something like, uh, well, see, you've probably never had someone tell you to put your phone away before because you and your friends are attractive, right? Right, they're young and attractive, so you can do whatever you want. And they were real offended. So anyway, afterwards, I was like, meh, 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 meh. They, were, they were saying, um, excuse me, uh, we were offended. And I was like. Uh, we were just saying, yeah, but wouldn't you rather someone say what they think mm. than hide behind? Like, you, if we all knew what everyone was thinking all the time, we can all work with whatever everyone was how thinking. Could all they the be, time. What, what was their response? How could they've been offended by saying somebody? Nobody ever has. To, oh yeah. Well, anyway, it could have been. I mean, the fact that the person, man or woman, was on their phone is going to draw attention to themselves, and yeah. it's also fairly humiliating if you're trying to perform, and somebody's uh, uh, literally on the fucking phone. Mm. Scrolling away. Well, it's, a, like, it's, like was... sh- it's like making love to someone. So, like Eddie, can you imagine being on top of a woman? <laughs> <laughs> on top of a woman, Eddie, and then she's she'd be there, like, and you'd be right in the way. I'd be all right with that. I'm a compromiser. <laughs> I was with the girl there, and um, I was shagging her, right? And uh, but she was vaping. <laughs> well, I was shagging her. That's cool, like a smoked machine while you were going. <laughs> boysenberry, you know, like a nice smelling, yeah. you know, in the smoke. Um, gorillas but, in the mist. There is, I, I, yeah, I find it, it very entertaining watching you on stage because I know from I haven't seen you and yeah. I know you that you, uh, when I'm on a stage, I can, if someone has some source that is slightly irritating, I can ignore that source. Mm. Like if someone takes their phone out for mm. a minute or whenever, I'll oh, just yeah. go ignore that and move on to just keep. But you, you, whatever the stimulus is, which is enjoyable to watch because you're in, you're, com- you're completely present yeah. and you respond to immediately to yeah. all the stimulus in the room. But um, I find it very entertaining to watch because I'm like, oh, what's... Uh- yeah, I can't, I, I, yeah, I get very easily distracted. But yeah, it, it's funny that people do uh, get offended. But now that. that you're doing these, this is one thing I wanted to ask you, now that you're doing these big gigs... Mm. Uh, there's a lot more to be distracted by or does it all become just one big crowd? Like, you know, there'll always be someone... When there's hundreds and hundreds of people, there'll always be someone going to the toilet, someone getting a drink, well, someone I think, with I, a I think, phone, I think someone... there's a, I think there's a way, there's a happy medium between being present and obviously having prepared material. But people do like to feel that you're definitely in the moment and it's it's an event and they're part of this thing, you, you know... Um, just, just, just in a way to sort of bring the audience together and get them all singing off the same hymn sheet. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, you know, it's like warming an audience up. So, and that's why MCs do it all the time. You know, where, where are you from? What you do? Blah, blah, blah. And so it just, it just makes the audience feel like a group as opposed to uh, just individuals, you know, waiting for a bus. Yeah. 
I, I tried to do a warm up. I, I used to do, do the warm up on the Late Late Show when Pat Kenny was when Pat Kenny was hosting. I did it for about a year. That was that. That's and not I was easy. Still, I was still drinking back then, so you know, the main motivation was there was a free bar, <laughs> you know, and God, I'd get drunk, man. Was yeah. this so? This was before you were actually invited on to the Late Late Show. Yeah. I think it was before, yeah. And and you did, the- and uh, you know, warming an audience up, you know. So you, so, like, so if you say something or comment on something, and everyone in the audience laughs at the same time at whatever it is, it's sort of suddenly, ooh, it's it's like unites the audience. Yeah. Everything clicks. Everyone replies. Everything yeah. clicks, yeah. and yeah. and it's sort of like um, they suddenly become this instrument, you know, that you can direct with your words coming out but uh, the worst ever audience I tried to warm up it was a, a tribute to, oh God, these guys are cunts a tribute to the Abbey Theatre right now the Abbey uh, the, just the, the building of it no a tribute no with the building it was a tribute to the uh, to, to you know Ireland's National Theatre and uh, so there was all actors from the past and playwrights and fucking whatever, sitting in the audience, oh. right? Scarf, and they, and they called you. They called you to come on. And no, do- no, I, I was I was the resident uh, warm up guy at RTE. At RTE, right, right. So, um, so, 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 you know, the tribute a tribute to the Abbey Theatre was Billy Barry and there Billy and Barry or Maureen Potter or whatever, <laughs> and, and Frank <laughs> Frank Kelly or something, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you know, Frank Drake. So, yeah. so I went on. I think Mike Murphy was there as well, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're all in the audience waiting. You know. And so I went on and I tried to pull them together. And, and, and But they would not break away from, the, you know, there's about 250 people in the audience. But they wouldn't break away from the little individual groups that were talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Look, I'd never, I'd never experienced anything like that before. So these Viata folk... Now, you know, comedian, you're the lowest rung of the artistic ladder to them. The fucking arrogance of these bastards, especially these actors who trick people into believing that they're smart and clever. Lines are written for you. What are you on about? And you learn the wordies and you go up on stage (laughs) and then and then people think, oh, they're not. It's not coming from him. It's not coming from them. Right. You know, and, and if you ever, that's why anytime you, you listen to uh, an actor being interviewed, you're always really disappointed because they've got, you know, they've, anyway, you wouldn't be looking to actors for fucking guidance is all I'm trying to say. So you, you have the, so, they, so, so that arrogance, that level of arrogance, you know, kind of, but I saw a few people like I'm there and they, they kind of lo- looked at me like, it was like, it was like, oh, it was like, like, oh. Oh. <laughs> it was like oh. and you're going, what the fuck? Now I'd. I, I think I only found out subsequently that it was a tribute to the Abbey. But um, I'd never experienced anything like that level of pretentiousness. And I'm glad I was, uh, I, 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 I'm glad I was subjected to it so I could see the ugly truth. And, you know, in, in the theatre folk in, in the UK are, are, you know, wankers and assholes and pretentious. But the, the, the horrible thing about the Irish theatre community, they're, they're sort of photocopies of that. So they're not even authentically arseholes. They're photocopies of British actory arseholes. Anyway. 
You've done some acting yourself. I have, thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, no, no, but, but wait, wait a second. The thing is, and then, so I, I did the thing and they wouldn't break away and it was fucking awful, died in me whole, whatever. And, you know, I was just, I was just swept off in a puddle of my own fucking failure. And uh, then, you, you, but you had then all these actors telling their anecdotes and they were shit. Uh, I think it was But Frank. they were getting applauses No it was Frank Kelly And I remember one time In the Abbey uh, Johnny who used to sweep up <laughs> You know nothing You fucking Oh anyway So the Abbey Theatre It's worth going I'll tell you why it's worth Going to a play in the Abbey Theatre If anybody's listening Here And, and I really mean There's this There's a few Thanks Thanks <laughs> if you, know, you know in the same way Because it, it's so horrible And so boring that when, when the play is over, that sense of walking out of the theatre and that sense of freedom that you get, it's like being released from prison, you know. And so, so it's worth enduring the horror of whatever they've put on just to, just to uh, make you appreciate your actual freedom. The Abbey POW camp. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's mine. Thank you. Cool. Coming out a long haul flight. It's like, oh, I can breathe. And what you you've acted in a few you were in the Pillow Man? I was in the Pillow Man, yeah. yeah. That that was a bad experience for me, I have to say. And and I kind of uh, de-evolved as an actor, I think, uh, being being in in the theater. Um I didn't like that style of acting. I I did I did think that being in an ensemble would be good. But there were just there were some one or two really cool people, but there were too many ones. Charlotte Tivnan. Charlotte Tivnan is great and yeah. um he was very helpful to me and I have to he's very charlotte love him and uh, also gary lyden was great but the That's fucking awesome. wankeriness among these kind of princes in exile waiting for their and we're all we, we'd all love a, a big part in a film or whatever but these guys man ugh. and there was one guy i couldn't i i, I couldn't look at him because he was acting all the time on stage, and 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 I, I and, 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 and said, actually I said to Charlotte, I can't fucking do this. He said, David, you, you're gonna have to find a way to look at him. <laughs> and, and, and that's, it, good, that's good acting advice. But it is good acting. Charlotte said because because it is because a conversation is ping pong. You yeah, listen to yeah, the person, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to look at them. I couldn't. He threw me off. Fucking lunatic. Hmm. <laughs> and you know these actors as well. People don't know. I mean, obviously, it's fine to warm up your voice, but that you know, you'd hear them, you'd walk up, and then they'd go on with their warmed-up voice, but they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they go, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, and also, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I, you know, I think, I think people go to uh, the Abbey. Uh, you know, Irish Times read readers, you know, retired architects, you know, a sheer show for fuck knock. And they just sit there with their beards. And, and you know, it's not enjoying the theatre. It's just enduring. It's just like... <laughs> it's, it's like going, going to the 40-foot, jumping into cold waters. Ah! It feels great! Sorry, I'm shouting too much. And, and it's, it's not, it's no, it's no fun, you know. Uh, thanks to our sponsor this week, the Abbey oh, Jesus Theatre. Christ. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but the the arrogance of these fuckers who put these things on. The, there's also because a theatre is mo uh, nearly all of them. Are. Oh, the government, writers are government arrogant. funded. What? They're all government funded. And They're no, all government. Comedy, we, they don't give a penny to comedy. So we don't need. Sense. We don't need it because we're actually popular. They are government funded. It's like um, you know uh, you know somebody on life support system, and you know. What, what I, I think I had an idea, life support system. 
Yeah. They're civil servants on stage, are they, if the government's paying? Them. Yeah, it's and true, actually. Civil servants on a stage. Life, civil servants, that's a good uh, civil servant. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> life support system. What did I, what did I say about... Um, we were we were going to no Sir show fuck no 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 Sir show well just the idea of um, you know like they should be allowed they should be allowed to die the 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 theater has been kept alive artificially <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I see what you mean you know, you yeah. know what I mean yeah. uh, and the, the, we should pull the plug the, the abbey should be allowed to be turned into a nightclub the abbey should be turned into no a comedy club comedy club thank you yeah thank the you. abbey's comedy club mm. uh, yeah, whatever sells tickets because. Yeah. If something is advertised, the sa- if everything was advertised the same, the same way, so everyone saw it was it was like four billboards in town, and whatever was on this place, there was, and then you you tell soon enough what was popular or not. Mm. If everything, if everyone was seeing the same things and going, oh, we want to go to that play, we want to go to this yeah. show, and, 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 and it's the there. same thing. And all those, those writers, the uh, the Irish writers, the arrogance of of people who have been published and all that. Not only that, but even even worse, there's there's a lot of Irish writers. Like almost an important part of being an Irish writer is not being published, and walking around having the belief that you have a great work inside you. I've touched on this in the Savage Eye, and I I've seen I, there's a guy. Uh, lives on my road. I think he he published a book in the eighties. He got a he got a good review in the Irish Times by Furfnock O'Furfala. You know what I mean? <laughs> in nineteen eighty two, and that's kept him not committing suicide for the you know he's still floating on that shit. And he, he you know he he'll quote you know a gr- Greek philosophy, and he thinks he's got a through line to fucking Joyce. Absolute dickhead, <laughs> dickhead, and and a lot of these also these artists who get funded from the government, their whole mo is knowing how to access that fucking yeah. money and knowing yeah, the boxes true. to tick yeah. and how to present I, I, themselves. I, I, and then, and then and the whole art becomes about that, ticking the box, right? So, but the but the other thing is right. Here's the other thing: they think that because you're popular or you're making well, you, you know, you, you're just. Uh, what I'm doing, what I'm producing, it's kind of, you know, without saying it, implicit, it's, it's ahead of its time. People don't understand really what I'm doing. So, you know, a grateful nation is sort of, no, no, we do know what you're doing. We don't fucking like it, right? It's shit. You're <laughs> shit, but you're walking around like you're a fucking, like you're brilliant, and you're not. Speaking, <laughs> speaking you're of rubbish. Speaking of brilliant, we actually have clips to play that we Cut. kind of forgot. <laughs> Uh, we've, got, we've got Sean King Fuck you Sean King Uyosa was on Shit sure. as well <laughs> Straight from the Abbey Theatre uh-huh. Is uh, on the crackdown uh-huh. Last weekend Sean King Uyosa oh, Any British people in? Or where? That was the most terrified Fucking woo I've ever heard Now she sounded so scared See how the tides have turned. Like, you know, like, I don't like the British, yeah? Because you guys did unnecessary things. No, honestly, I don't like the British. Because like they just went around the world and stole things from countries and didn't even use it. Like the British went to India, stole their spices and used it in none of their food. Like, you know, who knows that? Like, how does that make sense? When was the last time you had British cuisine? And I was like, fucking now this toast is taste, fucking spicy. Like, <laughs> Hot bread is British cuisine, like, fucking hell. Any Americans? Where are the Americans? Woo! Yes, don't like you either. <laughs> you know, 
He sounded happy about it, but nah. Last time I was in Cork, I was performing, and the crowd were so mean to me, like they were roasting me. So forget the jokes. If anyone here wants to just like roast each other, let's just fucking go out. I will shoot shots with every single person in this room. I will shoot shots with everyone in this room except for the Americans, because those motherfuckers shoot back. <laughs> I'll try with them, but nah, nah, fuck that. Nah. When I lived in Nigeria, I had two pet chickens. Then my African uncle murdered them and didn't tell me he had murdered them until I was eating them. And I wish he picked the more appropriate way to break the news, because those chickens were my loved ones. And I don't know what the most traumatizing way to find out you've lost your loved ones is, but what's probably up there is finding out while asking for another plate of them. <laughs> you know, my baby says it's good, and I thought, it was because my I thought my baby says it's good because my uncle was a good cook and the food was made with love. Turns out the food was good because it was made with my love. <laughs> my uncle chose such a tough way to break the news. He broke the news in such a tough way. Like I was already eating and I said, uncle, I'm gonna go play with my chickens. Ren and Stan Lee. And my uncle goes, oh, oh, oh. Come on, Sean, you're too old to be playing with your food. That's such a tough way to break the news. Like who breaks the news like that? You know, it was terrible. And I tried to tell my mom, I tried to tell my mom that since our uncle had killed our chickens, Myself and my two brothers, we can't eat breakfast, we can't eat our food because it's our chickens. And our mom thought this was a moment to raise her kids. Problem was, our mom had raised me and my two brothers in Ireland. And as a family, we had all just moved from Ireland to Nigeria. But my mom was still using the phrases she would use in Ireland to raise us. She hadn't adjusted to the move. So me and my two brothers in Nigeria were like, mom, we can't eat this food. And our mom was like, there are children in Africa. <laughs> And me and my two brothers were like, we know, and they still can't eat this food. Like, you know, <laughs> that phrase only works when you picture the poor kids on TV. Me and my two brothers are in Africa with Gucci hats and good vibes. Like, you know, it's not gonna work on us. And our mom panicked and she was like, there are children in Ireland who do what? All the people in Ireland do is drink. And mom, what is this logic? Why do I have to do things just because other people in other countries do them? The logic is wrong. And my mom got upset because I was disrespecting her by being right. <laughs> she said, how dare you? That logic is not wrong. I should kick your ass. That logic is not wrong. And I got scared. And I wanted my mom to calm down by getting her drunk. But she doesn't drink because Nigerians don't casually drink. So I had to use her own logic against her. So I was like, hey, mom, you should have a couple of drinks. And she was like, you know I don't drink. Why would I drink? And I was like, well, because there are... Mothers in Ireland. Sean <laughs> Rosa. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Sean ripped it up. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking because uh, uh, David McSimpson started up his podcast, as we were talking about before. Yeah, I started, started a podcast with my ex Mrs. Hannah, who is also the mother to my two sons, Jack and Daniel. And we have started a podcast. But really, the most. What's it called? Well, Quickly, what's it called? And that's why we're not together. <laughs> Great. And, yeah. Does but, Hannah yeah. still working? Sorry, to cut you off again. Does yeah, Hannah yeah. work on RTE as well? Still. I was in the middle of a fucking sentence, man. Yeah, I'd I don't know. Yeah, she she works in um, makeup and RTE. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but actually, one of the most enjoyable, just from a technical point of view, was getting all the equipment, like, uh, you know, because it just reminded me of when I was in school. Like, I loved having all the pens, the papers, the study books, the this, the that, you know. But the essential part of actually passing exams and gleaning the information 
No interest. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no interest. Give me but, pencil but, sharp. But, but, but from a distance, if you saw me, you would think there's a there's a student. You know what I mean? So at the moment, it looks like I have a little podcast studio in my house. But no, the thing is, we, we've done two episodes of the podcast, but it's really it's it's a real skill. Um, being being an interviewer or being a storyteller, which is essentially, I think, what a podcast is. Um, because I think, was it uh, Martin Scorsese w- w- said about, there's there, there are people who, like, you know, they can just make anything interesting by, by how they tell the story. They can talk about losing their keys and you'll be really engaged in, in uh, what they're talking about. And then other people, you know, could have had an experience where they crashed in a plane or something and they just bore you. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is uh, with with uh, podcasting, you know, like just the ability to articulate a point, you know, you get you get these ideas in your head. Like even now, as I'm trying to explain it to you, I can feel myself kind of getting all fuzzy and muddy, you know, but just that economy of words, just being able to articulate it perfectly. Because like uh, like when Hannah when Hannah talks, she assumes you know she, she she's 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 about to tell you something, and it's like she it's like a film that she assumes you, you've seen, mm. and she won't tell you the beginning of the story. She'll start mm. in the middle. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. my, my then, brother does that. He assumes you know his thoughts. Yeah, and then you get and then she get angry because you you're not following her. Uh, but you know, so so is she is she on the podcast? She's she's H- Hannah will be my sidekick, okay. And then my two sons are are working uh, the video and the audio thing. But I'm just saying the ability to be able to be engaging, interesting, the absence of it being funny, you know, be interesting, um, you know, because I'm quite scattered in, in how I talk, so it, it's it's going to take a long time for it to, you know like as comedians we're trying out an idea and we work it for days weeks months and then you know a year from now you i'll see damien or you and you think oh that's really good but it's taken us a fucking year to come up with a a well-honed fucking sentence yeah and i suppose also with the content let's say the podcast weekly or whenever it is that's like you do it once and then that's it. It's gone. So you're not working on that, but it's sort of the process of just like well, just the ability to be really uh, g- good and speak uh, on the fly. Mm. I, I haven't. I, I'm just. I just feel a bit uh, rusty. But you're always uh, interesting. And what's well, it like with the old uh, working together as a team with your family? Like, well, yeah, that the- that's that's weird. Like, like for instance, uh, the we did episode two, and Hannah was reminding me about an argument that we had at in Christmas, like ten years ago, where when so me and Hannah were having an argument, and the the boys were very young, and my dad called me, and I didn't want to talk to him, and Hannah just shoved the phone. Uh, and I said, I don't want to talk. I, I threw the phone on the couch. I said, oh, yeah, come on, throw it in the fire. Throw the, and I, I think I threw the phone in the fucking fire. I don't know <laughs> if I did it on purpose or whatever. Now, the, now remember, the two boys are there. Mm. And he's on speakerphone, my dad. So he, my dad's, is, his voice is in the fire, <laughs> melting. <laughs> David, David. And then and the kids, Jack is going, ah, and I'm in the middle. So this three-generational uh. trauma, <laughs> father, you know. Uh, so but the thing is like talking like that 
you know, like you're you're reacting in the way. But the, the two, I looked over the two boys, and they were like, <laughs> you know, well, you know, just kind PTSD. of, you know, yeah. they didn't really laugh. Yeah. Because and then Hannah asked Jack, "What did you think of David uh, when he did that?" And he said, "Oh, I thought he was a bit of a twat, you know." So yeah. So this it, sounds it, like it, a public shaming. Well, format. no, no, that's okay. But the thing is, um, uh, it, it it's an interesting. I enjoy spending time with the boys and Hannah in this way, like working, you know. Sounds like a therapy sessions that are recorded. You know, do you remember the yeah, first I mean, episode when, when, when of the Simpsons you, with uh, Dr. Marvin Monroe? It sounds like that, and you were just we get to, yeah. we get to listen. But to like, it when all have the you time. ever, you know, with your family actually worked on something together? Never. Yeah. I've never That's done something like this. Yeah. So, so it's quite exciting. So, irrespective of whether it uh, people listen to it or not, it's nice to meet up and just sit around and talk to each other. Um, but it'll take a long time for it to. Get on its feet. Like how many of these fuckers have you done? This is 31. Episode 31. Yeah, yeah. So about yeah. 31 weeks. And we're still, like, they're all like their first one, aren't they? <laughs> Every single yeah. one is first one. We'll always mm. try try ideas. We've tried ideas a couple of times. Mm. And then people let us know if they're any good or not. What's going on we'll with your beard, Damien? I don't know. It's in bits. I need to. It's, it's Are you going to get rid of it? I don't no. know. Why it's do too you, much work. Why do you want a beard? Well, I hate... The hairy oh, neck. Eddie's got a beard as well. Sorry, I hate the hairy neck. You you often have a beard. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. So yeah. then, like, if it's this length, I don't have to do anything. So it's it's as oh, much it's, as it's 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 just a practicality thing. Yeah. You don't you just don't have. Have you to ever have you ever seen Damo's chin? Why? Just have you ever seen it? Oh yeah, it? you would have done. I've never seen it. When I, when I stopped. When have I, you ever seen Damo's penis? He's saying that if you don't. Yeah. He actually uses his... He's saying that a few times, I shaved down there, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, since like the last job when, uh, you know, I was in retail and just places where they they didn't like unshavenness. And Mm. so when... uh, How long ago was this now? About 15 years. Full-time. Well, full-time comedian. Not doing anything else. 15 years. So I've had a beard that long. So when I was just like, ah, I can do what I want. I Mm. don't have to... Not working for the man. They've loosened up the rules with beards and all. Oh, jobs. Like tattoos. Guards, guards can, can look, have beards. You can look well, like I think, an I think, yeah, mental I think, case in, in yeah. a shop. You now. have to sort of, You have to groom the beards. Oh yeah, that's right. Guards yeah. have got their new sort of. They look like. Speaking uh, of grooming, cyclists. Did you hear about Blackrock College? My, uh, my, the school I was in. Oh fuck! No, what's this? Did you, did you not hear? Oh, I heard. Hang on. So we've gone from grooming to grooming. Jesus. I never understand fully what grooming was. So you, you, like, so in my school. I don't know how many there were pedophiles among the priests. There we go. That's just our quota, by the way. We always get a pedophile mention in. There were pedophiles in my in my school among the priests. Now, that at that time they were called Holy Ghost Fathers. What? They had a name even. Well, you didn't name the pedophiles Holy Ghost Fathers. I'm just I'm just saying amongst the community. Who were called the Holy Ghost Fathers? There were. Oh pedophiles. right, okay. I thought. Oh, no. I thought. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a nickname that everyone had for pedophiles. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. like in, within the com- within the pedophile community, sorry, like sorry, oh, he's sorry, a Holy sorry. Ghost Father. I, see, this Send is what I'm my way. About. I didn't tell the fucking uh, story probably. But they've rebranded themselves now. Which is a good name for a pedophile. Yeah. The Holy Ghost Father. Yeah, the, ho- the, the Holy. Uh, but they're called the Spiritans now. But there was always a kind of creepy. <laughs> Atmosphere, you know, among the, those priests, there was sort of a, sort of a, you know, like because that whole celibacy thing, the inability to express sexual desire, and so on, and you know, boys being around boys, but um, that whole idea of grooming, and this guy 
I heard this podcast about a, a, one, a guy that was in Blackrock College who was molested. And, and I don't know to the, the extent or how long it went on. And it's horrifying because, you know, you, I think th that's the worst thing you can do to a human being is violate them in that way when they're children. It's the worst thing. Just that's it. Game over. I mean, you know, it's worse than 9-11 as far as I, I would say Osama bin Laden, if you told him about that stuff. He'd, he'd be disgusted <laughs> I mean no I mean so I'm telling you yeah, so, you, yeah, know, you know yeah, you know it's yeah. really uh, yeah. neurologically sick unnatural shit yeah but what, what the, the thing I, I didn't understand about grooming but listening to this uh, in uh, this uh, documentary on RTE so like how uh, so so, you, so the, one of these uh, like a paedophile priest he, they're predators and so they've got like all these boys and then then they pick what they'll just find out who will be compliant and they'd start by asking the question will you run down to the thing and get me something and then you know will you do this will you do that and they just slowly bring them into their orbit and then start doing whatever they you know but it's Ugh. but but that's what i mean grooming and then when you talk to kids who were in the school at the same time as that was happening they will talk about the same priest and say, oh, I'd never, I'd never, they, I'd never had any problems. He was always okay with me. And people can't understand, can't get, and thankfully can't get their heads around what, 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 how horrible and horrifying what happened was because it, it didn't, they have no experience of it, didn't affect them. But what, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's so creepy just thinking that literally here in this room, we can be chatting and talking and having a laugh. And literally a meter away with the wall dividing us, there can be the most unspeakable, sick, fucking demented shit going on. And then and then you wouldn't hear about it because that's that's what part of grooming is that the, the, whoever the kid was that that priest was doing that to wouldn't say a fucking word, wouldn't say anything because they've been groomed for that reason. It's crazy. And, 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 and those type of predators, I mean, they, they have to act in darkness. They keep it all quiet. And, yeah. and then, but still Blackrock College, um, I, I think there was lots of legal stuff and they, they wanted to sort of protect, you know, their reputation. And I think it's completely the wrong way of doing it. You know, <laughs> it's like just get rid of everybody involved, everybody who's around, start from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know it's, what I mean? And, and also to sh show to parents... The, a rigorous, um, you know, uh, vetting process. But then I was talking to my mother about it and she said, you know, that's another thing, you know, you can, uh, you know, uh, predators and people like that, they, they, they can disguise themselves, you know, so you can't. You can, yeah. And, and then they'll get into positions of power to manipulate the system a bit as well. Yeah. It's crazy that. But it made me feel very happy about the fact that I was hated in Blackrock College. Mm. And they didn't like me yeah, as, far, as far as like there was they, com On their compliant list You'd yeah, be the yeah, first yeah, one yeah, out yeah, yeah, I They was didn't gone. like you For the good reasons No but, but there, was, there was There was always Like there was a guy At, at the time When I was in Blackrock College I left I, I left I did my leaving cert In 1984 And uh, there was A guy he, he was There was brothers Priests and sisters And there was a brother In Blackrock College Who ran the audiovisual department And his, his nickname Was Brother Sex That's what we called him Brother Sex And he's producing this show today 
<laughs> no, but, but, but I'm just trying to say, like, so it was all like we were so innocent. We didn't know, you know, you, you know. And because it was creepy, or you just funny, no, because we, because there was there was rumors, Ugh. you know, that he'd be recording the boys in the, you know, oh, out, in the, out in the rugby pitch or whatever, and he'd be watching it and you know, ha, you know, enjoying himself watching all these. It's it's crazy that the predators pick like because Catholic church and uh, schools Grooming, they run schools yeah. and so it's it's actually it's a good area if you're a predator to go into yeah so obviously a lot of priests yeah. the, the priests in my school i don't think they did anything they yeah were, they were and i was no nah, uh, you just weren't popular with the priests yeah i was non-compliant no they were I, I got on very well with them and i i've met them since and i really fond of one of them who's really, yeah yeah really nice guy yeah, sure sure great yeah, fucking yeah philosophical thinker you'd have great chats with him yeah. didn't agree with all his religious talk with his but sexual fucking, prowess but anyway. yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but fucking then a lot of people they must have they must have been predators prior to joining the church you know the church didn't turn them into predators or did it but I think they they chose it and then they use the system of the church the yes. power that they get in the church to do what they do. Well, I also think that um, back then, maybe still now, if you don't have children, it's hard for you to understand. Maybe they, well, they, they, they have brothers and sisters themselves, those priests. But what I'm trying to say is, I think maybe those those communities, those, uh, you know, uh, clergy, cler- clerical communities, they, they see... They know how di- they all know how difficult celibacy is, and so maybe they they and they've all had these kind of thoughts themselves, maybe, and that's why they they try to circle the wagons and protect each other rather than uh, mm. I I don't know just just open up, be transparent, and just change the whole system like they do it, it, with the Protestant thing where they can marry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anywhere in the Bible it says. Don't get married. Do you know? It was, I don't only, think it was only two hundred years ago that the Catholic Church banned marriage. Prior yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Married. I think it's. Is that right? I think yeah. it's. I think yeah. it's for property. It was a property. It, it, it was a power it, it, of property. They yeah. wanted the and money all, for the church. And, and as as uh, Irish people, we're all kind of to a lesser or greater degree recovering Catholics. You know, Catholics. We we um, this sort of sort of embarrassment, shame, kind of distancing ourselves from what our bodies are designed to do. You know, and as, as if celibacy somehow is it is, it's is closer it, is to God? Closer to God. It's 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 very much in, against nature. The Pope said recently that uh, p- priests and nuns need to stop watching porn. That they watch a lot of they watch porn. Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah. they do. It was just interesting because there's a category. That was a the, public thing. How public, would he know? Public though? knowledge. Oh, of, in, how would he know? Fucking checking the internet history of people. <laughs> <I guess>. he, <laughs> he, the Pope clicked know, on. I mean. The Pope clicked on history. Going, oh, I'm going to see some uh, some of the Bible when verses. I was there, yeah, yeah, what, that, what Bible verse is Father Henley what we're reading today? Ah, yeah, when, I was a, when I was a young oh, guy, um, I went to nuns per- on I, the run. I, I went to Peru, right? Um, when I was 21 or something, 22. And um, I went to this parish in a place called Sienegia outside Lima. And I was living with a, a, a priest, a guy called Troy, who was an uncle of an, a, a mate of mine called Dylan, right? And so I was staying in his place. And then I'd go to the village and help out, you know, building little building pro- projects and so on. But there was a, there was a little um, 
Are they called nunneries? No, what, what, what where nuns live? Yeah, not nunnery. nunneries. You think they're nunneries? What's the word? There's... No, there's another name for it. Anyway, but uh, because I played the guitar, monastery. They, no, 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 that's they invite, she, the, 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 the head nun, who is an English, an old English lady, invited me in to teach the nuns, these trainee nuns, or whatever, guitar. And, uh, you know, so I'd be sitting there and we'd be singing. But there was one or two of the nuns who were really fucking hot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there was a Peruvian nun. And, um, you know, over the weeks, you know, me and this one were getting and I was like. So you're grooming a nun instead of the other way around. Yeah, I was grooming a nun. <laughs> but 20, 21, uh, uh, you know, and she was. And, and I was obviously fucking thinking about her and, you know, like just because they'd wear those big skirts, you know, and just, the, you know, her, this Peruvian nun and just pulling that big skirt up and, you know what I mean? Pulling that, you know, just mm. fucking riding the hole over with her permission, obviously, uh, father. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but obviously the head nun sensed the sexual tension between me and this, uh, you know, nun. And mm. so she, it was a very abrupt, oh, no, it's okay, David, we've, we've, we've learned our songs now thank you you know oh that was it but I still think about her <laughs> kicked out of Peru mm. I wasn't kicked out of Peru <laughs> <laughs> kicked out of the nunnery deported <laughs> deported from the mountains yeah yeah that's funny the grooming thing that just reminded me of like uh, when I worked in well there was a there was a radio station that was just comedy that was in Melbourne and it was a community station and it was, Triple was H a, Triple H. What was it called? It was just called Laugh Radio. Laugh Radio. Laugh Radio. And I was Welcome on the Laugh Radio with Damien Clark. It's bumper to bumper outside. How are Damien? Tell us, what's the joke of the day? <laughs> the joke of the day is, oh, what's up, my ass? Oh, this dude's here. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the, the, the guy ran it. It was, you know, quite slimy sort of dude anyway. Yeah. But then the uh, uh, the last over, see so there was I guess over the months of working there, you know the hand on the shoulder, the yada yada. Oh, right, he yeah. do it to a few of us, but I was very friendly, and I was about twenty twenty one. Um, oh yeah, and then ended up so he goes, st- yeah, he goes come back to my place, and uh, we were going to go through some tapes or whatever he says. So go to he plays. Then he offered me poppers. Oh, and I didn't know what I didn't even know what they were. Uh, Damien, you're 21 by this point. Come on. I, I, no, no, no. I, I was very in, yeah, I was yeah. very innocent. I didn't know you about poppers. Innocent. I knew about marijuana, <laughs> alcohol. That was it. Pretty old fashioned, anyways. Um, so anyway, I didn't know what it was, and then he told me, and I was like, "Oh, I got to get the bus," and then that was it. It just never went. Mm. Yeah, poppers are rotten. They give you a bad headache. But they open your bum hole. They, they do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no like apparently that's. I mean, they that, also give you a short high. But they also loosen your bum. What do you mean they loosen your bum? So the people take them before anal sex. You, ah. You, you sniff it and it gives you a kind of high and then your bum... How do you know all this, you dirty fucker? Yeah, exactly. I have an interesting thing. I have, I have yes. a, I, so if you're constipated, you can go for prune juice, have a popper. But uh, but surely yeah. you wouldn't want... You'd want a tight bum to... You know, you know there's a tighter... Yeah, a, Depends yeah, yeah. how... I suppose you'd Depends have who a, you're with. <laughs> you have a look Depends in here. Like, if you're in eat. Peru or in Nigeria. Gonna need uh, an extra papa. <laughs> yeah, a lot of poppers. Speaking of poppers, uh, who else we got on the Look, club real John quick? John Poppers Sheehan up John next. John Poppers Sheehan! Before we go any further, I should mention, you probably picked up on it, I kind of, my words are sometimes a bit fluffy because I'm kind of deaf in my right ear and affects my speech pattern. And I went to, I've been to speech therapy in my whole life and they said when I'm on stage to help uh, you guys understand me better, uh, speaks as slow as possible. And uh, speaking as slow as possible hopefully makes it easier for guys, but also allows me to take my five minutes of material and stretch it out to ten minutes. <laughs> uh, how are we doing, Tiger? Are we understand what's going on? Are we okay? You're with you, Tiger. 
Tag, like you might notice like a lot of Irish people like wearing a t-shirt with the word Chicago on it. It's very popular <laughs> over here. People have like t-shirts with New York and Los Angeles, various American cities. Tiger, in America, are there people walking around California with, you know, Leitrim <laughs> and Donegal? <laughs> you haven't seen them. Next time you're older, have a look for me, Tiger, all right? <laughs> uh, now, I was talking about my speech problem. Because of my speech problem, it always made me very unconfident when it came to romance. I remember this girl in school I liked, but I was too shy to tell her how I felt. So I wrote her a love letter. And unfortunately, my handwriting is also terrible. So I wrote this letter with words I cut out from the newspaper and magazines. <laughs> uh, the police now have the letter. <laughs> or as they call it, Exhibit A. Uh, uh, you know, I tried a lot of different things when it came to romance. I joined a dating app. Uh, the first thing they made me do was take a personality test. Came back negative. <laughs> Thank you, Tiger. Uh, another thing I did, I asked my older brother Trevor for advice. Trevor's the exact opposite of me. He's really outgoing, he's really sociable. He had sex with a woman before he was 30. <laughs> and I said to Trevor, where am I going wrong? He said, John, when you bring a girl out on a date, you gotta bring her somewhere romantic. Somewhere there's wine, there's music, there's candles. So I took her to mass. <laughs> Thank you for trying to start clapping there. Thank bless you. God bless you. John Sheehan. Brilliant. There. Brilliant. Uh, also, uh, he mentioned Tiger there. Uh, he's in the front row, an American dude. And uh, Hattie, who's on shoe sh throw to the Americans. And I, uh, they find out that his name is Tiger when I was on, and I'll play that last. So we probably should have played my bit first. To, but you know, it's all the same. There's a, a dude called Tiger, and then I, I ask him, where he got his name from, blah, blah, blah. But we'll just play that later. But before, is it Hattie Preston now? Oh, we got Hattie Preston up oh, yeah. next. Oh, yeah, or me. Oh, you would do me now. Who's Hattie Preston? Do me now. She's an English comic oh, who right, started right. in the US. She's, she's very good. Ripped, ripped, ripped. So we'll do me now to meeting it. Yeah, we'll finish with Hattie because she was brilliant. Um, so here's me. You, you, you hear uh, me talking to Tiger in the front row, Tiger, um, and I ask him one of the obvious questions, where he got his name from, and, uh, and what he did for a living. Hmm. Uh, what do you do, Tiger, in Germany, working? Uh, in the Air Force, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were born Tiger. You have to be. You're with Goose. You're with Maverick. It's fucking Tiger. Do, do they... <laughs> imagine... You know they give you, like, some mad nickname in the Air Force. Uh, all of my experience of the Air Force is from movies, obviously. So because your name is already Tiger, they just give you a name like... Craig, or something like you know, the, you're already Tiger. What the fuck? What nickname are you gonna get? Um, do you have a nickname? Have you got a name? I've never got a nickname because the name. Tiger's too good. It's too good. You were born with a fucking nickname, mate. You weren't named after Tiger Woods, no? That's good. Yeah, no, it's different. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's good. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, what a great golfer. And then it was like, oh, but what a dirt bag. But not you, bro. That's Woods, not you, man. I mean, his last name was is Erection. So what do you expect? Thanks for being with me on that one, guys. Cool. That's class, man. What what Mac do you fly? Mac, what? How fast? Oh, I don't do anything cool. I just... <laughs> Play along, Tiger. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I just fix computers. I, I... You fix computers, <laughs> mate? <laughs> the coolest fucking job. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's on my tail! He's on my tail! He's on my tail! And you're like, alright. <laughs> How was it up there today, guys? Cool. Wow, what's it like being above the clouds? Great, I'll get you a coffee. <laughs> Do you have a photo of someone that you put on your computer? Because it wouldn't be in your cockpit. You know, like, I'm gonna get these spreadsheets fucking done, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Doing this for you, Luann. <laughs> That's a computer with your fucking aviator sunnies on. Mint Tiger. Oh, Tiger from the Air Force. Um, and I asked him after that, actually, about did he or his on colleagues. Stage. He was on stage. <laughs> I, I was on after you, and I went up and asked Tiger if he, had, if his colleagues and him were talking about all those UFO sightings that were released by the Pentagon, the videos from the fucking planes. The planes are all, they've got like multiple different cameras that some of them are heat sensors, some of them are just normal videos, and they, they can track objects. And so there's been tons of sightings of these fucking bizarre. Did you hear about this? No, uh, yeah, go on. Damo, you've have you read about, I've been reading a lot about this lately. Oh, I love so what did they Damo. see? What did they see? What bullshit? Well, it looks legit and It isn't. Okay, go on. What is it? Okay, fine. No, I tell don't... me what lo- So bullshit. there's all these fucking sightings of different sightings. Like, they look what? like drones that drones. are flying because they are drones. Go on. Faster than the planes. They they can fucking do these they don't have any propellant, so they whatever way they're flying is not human technology right now or if it is it's not american um so it's either have you got this on video uh there is, we can get a video up for you if you want to see it yeah let's have, have a look at time it. for oh. that it's yeah. um let's have a let's so have a look to, at this go to Shane, youtube because i mean this guy eddie malarkey go to youtube he's so do you know do you know the thing is with you eddie you love things that you can't prove you, but and but but you take everything for granted that is actually here you don't what give a shit I about ever? me and damien <laughs> but it's like oh it might exist oh then it definitely you know it's such rubbish i'm oh, tired of your bullshit go to youtube and then type in um malarkey is a good name for you i'll tell you that much um, it's all malarkey <laughs> Malarkey. And, and go type in uh, fucking T- type in Air, U.S. Air Force uh, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon UAP. UAP. Type in UAP. How many UFO? What yeah, they changed, they, they, they changed the fucking name. This second one there encounters Navy pilot describes the encounters with or UFO. describes the encounter, but you can't oh. see it. No, there should be the video with it. Oh, yeah. oh, we have tackled many strange never, stories yeah. on 60 oh, well, Months, but perhaps yeah. none like this. Can, can, it's the story me. of the US None like this. I always talk like that. Unidentified Sh- aerial skip, phenomenon. Oh, skip to a video UAP, there. UAP. The, more commonly yeah. known as... U.S. Atlantic coast in 2015. Recently released images may not convince UFO skeptics, but the Pentagon admits it doesn't know what in the world this is. Or this. Or this. So what do you say to the skeptics? It's It's reflected light. Well, you know. Uh, Weather balloon. Yeah, okay. I I have to worry about my rent. You know, I mean, if they can, you know. But what do you think of that, Damien? Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'm like, wow, I hope it's something from out of this world. But I think logically, why would aliens come all this way just to dick about and then leave without doing anything? Yeah, and, and then, and you're right, we don't have to. But they're probably they're probably like robotic aliens at this point. You know, uh, they're, they're yeah, probably, yeah, artificial not. intelligence will outlast humans. I think they I think they come down every like year or two. They go, how are the humans doing, right? And they see, oh, they're only got iPhone 12 stuff. This, and they go back. You yeah. know, they, we haven't come far enough for not, that we're not to, interested. To say hello. They're like, they're still arguing about stupid shit. And then yeah. they leave again. 
Yeah. They come down, they go, oh, Caricatona, whatever. And then they fly off again. <laughs> I don't know what aliens think. Um, it's funny. Um, uh, I, was, I, I was a big fan of uh, Star Trek, the latest iteration Star Trek and I was kind of into it uh, and Michael Burnham I think that was that was the the lead person's name and then you know two series into it there was a scene and, and this is set a million years in the future I don't know what the fuck and then one of the characters said uh, could you refer to me as them please you know could you refer to me as them <laughs> and obviously it's modern day progressive stuff HR have sort of shoehorned this stuff into yeah. the screen to show their bona fides that they're absolutely where we should be and it it really it just killed it for me i'm like oh no don't be doing that yeah they could have you know what i mean just avoided it by not but they using would, we'd be so well at beyond whatever the fuck yeah we and there's, alien, there's aliens man we're not thinking yeah. about genders we're yeah. thinking about what species yeah, 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 yeah. are you there'd be no yeah. gender left by then yeah we would all be what are you a Klingon or you a bloody what are you but but that's the thing that blows me away (laughs) the history of the universe how long it's been in existence for like 14 and a half billion years you know it's that's that's a well like like even the big like how the earth actually happened I, I don't know if you've if you've actually listened to how the earth got created and how gravity sort of pushes things together and just over eons i don't know what eons mean just time and uh, you know things crash into the earth and bring with it good nutrients and things and chemicals and, and things start to happen and then this the fact that life happened what was it, what is it 4.5 billion years ago it's it's almost like the earth was because of the position it was within the solar system and the way it you know revolved around the sun and it, it, you know little rock pools and you know, and then the uh, I think the moon was formed because of a collision with Earth Mark One, mm-hmm. and then you know it formed, and then you know little rock pools like petri dishes, and, and life begins, and you know, and here we are. I, I mean, the history of humanity within that is just so infinitesimally small. It was bacteria for two billion years. It's incredible. And then we're, we're we're getting into all this stuff. And now we're like, beep, beep, the Lord's green. Yeah, You're like, yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. chill out, mate. Yeah, mm. yeah. We were we were bacteria for two. Two billion. Two billion two years. Billion. There was only yeah. bacteria on the planet. Yeah, wait another two else. seconds, you, can you mate. Imagine, you, know, you know the way, like, it's Monday, you know, and you're waiting till, I can't wait till Friday. Like, you'd be sitting, <laughs> like, 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 you'd be there, like, at one billion years, you'd be just there, like, and you'd have to wait another billion years for it to be, you know. Can you imagine that? Like, imagine just the, 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 like nothing would have happened most of the nothing happens most of the I mean not nothing yeah. but just it's so quiet and calm yeah just the mm. slow yeah and then right. and then we're worried and we're all worried about getting cancelled and saying the wrong thing and we're all actually me and Des Bishop st- tried to start a we did start a podcast but we we didn't do it because we, well I don't think we had good chemistry but also uh, I, I was just very fearful like about saying the wrong thing but well done because you like he was your enemy or whatever for years. Not enemy, you just slang him yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. on stage. Yeah. And probably still you still do. Um yeah, you still do. You do well, no, look, but, but you, know, you dressed up as him, you taped your nose up to your forehead, oh, yeah, yeah. you jumped on to Tasha Kay. Oh, and that's right. Well, I wonder where Tasha Kay is now. Do you do you know Tasha Kay? I haven't seen her in ages. Would you know who she is? No. How how do you know her? Comedian. Because she was on the scene when oh, we yeah. were yeah, yeah. behind. I wonder what she's up to. But um yeah. 
Well, Daz, Daz um, I was just, you know, very jealous, I guess jealous, you know, of his uh, big success when he start, started off. And so, yeah. And so, so I, was, I would just make fun of him to make myself feel better or something like that. Yeah. And then one day you were like, oh, I don't care anymore. I didn't. Well, no, because, you know, then then I think jealousy is just really um, a, a barometer. It's like telling you, OK, that person is doing something that you want to do uh, now. But then you have to ask yourself the questions. What steps are you taking to achieve that? And if you're not taking those steps, you just kind of become bitter. But I'm sure I'm I'm very defective. I've got everything. I've got bitterness. I've got jealousy, envy, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you have. But um, no, I was je- I was jealous of Des's success, and so. Well, we're jealous of your success. Oh, so good. That makes you. I'm, so, yeah. I'm jealous of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that because you, you know uh, you would if people got like I don't know more followers, more I don't know, much more money, more bigger venues than you. So you'd be like, oh, we want that. And that's just, that's like, it's human nature, isn't it? It's like, oh, I want that, you know. Mm. But then as you're getting bigger venues, no, no, no. Then it's like, it's okay. For, is it anyone under you? So the barometer is, if you get more and more and more famous, you will like more people? Because then they'll... Well, no, no, no. Do you mean I will like more people? Yeah. But no, it... no, I think I think uh, the thing with, um, uh, with, with, when you do start working towards a goal and achieve, you, you're so focused on it. That you don't really, you, you, you don't, you actually, the jealousy just does, it falls away because you've got, you don't have enough time to focus yeah, on other yeah, people's yeah. success. So that, that <clears throat> just really summed up, because uh, when you think of like begrudging bitterness, mm. you, you were sort of the poster boy of that mm. for a long time and still are a little bit. But Thank then you. like America wait, is wait, the wait, opposite. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> The poster. Well, you see, you don't. You no, no. Well, hang on a second. You don't understand. Like res- those resentments, like to other people, to you culturally, that's what the, how they might be perceived. But to me, they're like they're also like little jewels and diamonds. You know that you that, you know because I think if you're obsessed about something, you oh, know you yeah, can you yeah. can turn them into something. So <laughs> that thing with with Des and my jealousy or whatever turned into me creating that character on the savage eye which kind of was a bit mean-spirited you know looking back and des is actually a good bloke you know mm. and i do feel bad as well though you have to be able to take the piss like you did you did a lot of taking the piss on yeah. the savage eye you yeah. did hector yeah you did pat kenny yeah. you did a few and yeah. they're, they're, they're jewels and so that's, I mean, the, that's yeah. the good thing about being on the outside that you know you're not too friendly with these fuckers yeah so you know yeah you're like thanos from like the avengers you know like no, yeah, yeah, you've but, got but, all these like the des oh yeah sorry and sorry the, every the, every knuckle the has poster, a different the poster, the poster boy for bitterness the, or bitterness like which you said which is which you said in a really kind of you know you know smiling kind of yeah yeah but that was you really having a go at me there <laughs> Um, and you know, fair enough. Uh, but 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 like I'm saying, for instance, I did an interview with Joe Duffy. What was it? Would have been '96 or '97 or something. Uh, when I was in Edinburgh, and I got arrested for saying penis. Right, Bloody cop hell. arrested me. Well, you can't say that word. Held overnight in a cell or whatever. But uh, Joe, and because my dad at the time was minister for foreign affairs, so it made a little splash in the fucking local media. And so, yeah, Joe Duffy, you know, so I was on the Joe Duffy show. And I think it's a disgrace. I think, you know, 
and Joe Duffy was quite uh, critical of me or whatever and and that formed a resentment in me towards Joe Duffy um, now uh, it, you know because I'm a, I am an alcoholic I've been to Alcoholics Anonymous I went every day for a year and the resentments are terrible things but to me my resentments are little fucking uh, little things that I just keep there like in the back they're just they're just little pl spinning plates and and I think I, I, I'm I'm the poster boy for revenge comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get real, because like I, yeah. I held that resentment towards and that 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 uh, thing for Joe Duffy for that, and then it came out as this guy who gets turned on by other people's mis misery. Uh, you know, so I got back at him. So you're one of the few people who can, uh, have been able to turn a resentment into something healthy or use your resentments in a somewhat healthy way yeah, for well, creation. Uh, well, they, maybe they're not resentments then. I mean, yeah. surely, mm -hmm. surely, Eddie, you've got, there's certain people that freak the fuck out of you, but you're kind of almost embarrassed or slightly ashamed about how, what, are, what a visceral reaction you have to certain people. And so you kind of keep it to yourself. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people are like that. Or maybe there, there's, I, I don't know who you, it's an ugly thing to admit jealousy anyway. Yeah. People don't say it, and and that's so. When I do say it, if I am on stage and I say I'm jealous, it it does make people, they 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 might not agree with it, but they certainly appreciate the honesty of it. Mm. Oh, I just figured you know? out. I just figured out who who you're jealous. I, you don't have to tell me. No, no. Just for me, I'm like it's it's not normal to not be jealous. I'm like I must be jealous of someone because you know we all have mm. comedian friends who are like rich and mm. everyone loves them. Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I'm sort of I'm happy for them because most, most if they were my mates, they're good. Well, you see, you, but you're so you're, that, you're cut from it's... a different cloth, uh, Damo. Like I, I would kind of believe you. No, I don't think I think you ha you are a bit jealous, Damien. And you no, might be in denial about it, and you're not. You know. No, but I, I I know who I am jealous of. It's people with with time, like lots of time. <laughs> you, what, what gets me is when someone says, "Oh, I'm bored." That I just want to punch them right in the face. I'm like I'll give you something to do. I will give you thirty things to do right now, and you won't be bored anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, but, 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 like just white people wasting. I used to waste time, of course I did. But I mean. Now are you? Just, are you, just, are you? So you're very active all the time. You've always got. There's just to too do. much to do. Like yeah. I just don't have enough time to do all the things I want to do before I die in ten years. You've got a six-year-old kid. That's the. Yeah, there's but that. That's a great. There's that's the, a good place to be, don't you think? Yeah, it is. But, but I just, sometimes, or do you think sometimes that you can't actually be? You can't let yourself just chill out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's the bat, it's the battle because I know you, you can't relax. You know what it's like as a parent. You know, you can't well, relax. You see, you see that's too much on. Yeah, that's the thing. I got into comedy because I didn't want to work too hard, if I'm honest, right? But the thing is, to achieve anything, you do have to work very hard. But my default position is not working that hard, and um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. And that's why. So when I see comedians go go on stage. <laughs> and really, you know, with well-constructed, well-crafted bits. I, I'm, I'm so sick in my fucking head. I'm thinking, look at you, you fucker. Yeah, yeah. Working your, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You had a lot of time, didn't you, to write that? You had yeah. a lot of time yourself. There is, there is an illusion that is strive for of a comedian looking to appear laissez-faire and not give a fuck yeah and sorry that's that's what i, they, I think they actually I, have worked incredibly hard to create this appearance very good yeah yeah that's what i was trying to say so um i i, I do try to i mean in in my um confusion or uh what's the fucking word like i will i have said that on stage where 
you know, a lot of you, the, a lot of people, you look up to these comedians who are on the panel shows, who are selling out big arenas, and they come off as if it is laissez-faire and it's all very just off the top of their head. But everything they're doing, everything they said, it's really well scripted, really well thought out. They're very hardworking. They're very determined. and But they appropriate my type of uh, personality because when I go on stage, I'm not that prepared. <laughs> and if, if those comedians that you think that uh, aren't prepared actually came on stage as unprepared as me they wouldn't be doing as well they actually so i'm fucking better than those fuckers but that's ridiculous it's the same kind of thing eddie uh, you know when you're in when i was in school and you sit next to a guy and you're doing your exam and he's going oh yeah you know i didn't really try that and he gets a's yes i mean secretly being studying his fucking arse off so it's ridiculous for me to expect that uh, everyone should approach you know, stand up the way we, you know, I do, you know, where it's just, you just write down a few notes. American, American comedians don't have that thing where they try and appear as if they're not working hard. They're like, they, remember we had that guy on Eric Newman and uh, he did great. And all his mates came with him all the way from New York and they were on and they all went on stage and they're all like, you know, you got Eric Newman up next and wow, that guy, he works, he's the hardest working comedian I've ever met. He just never stops working and he, oh, you know, give it up for Eric Newman. And they all said that about Eric, even backstage, they're like, Jesus, he's the hardest working guy yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And like, we would, who wants to be the hardest working comedian, you know? Like, he's great and he does, his success is from hard work, but we don't, in Ireland, you wouldn't. Well, like, the, yeah, but the only thing is though, Eddie, um, you know, if you do want to achieve something great, you do have to work your off. Yeah, but at uh, some point in your life, you're going to have to do it. Americans publicly oh, applaud yeah, but it I know and what you own mean. it. Is, they yeah, own yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a hardworking comedian. I'm fucking. Uh, yeah. Whereas we, but don't. you guys are working very hard to get this club up and running, aren't you? Oh yeah, but we we would prefer to do it if it was like easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be yeah. It but it doesn't feel like hard work because it's it's all, it's all fun. But you know, everyone wants a bit more sleep. Mm, mm. Um, well, we better. We got one <laughs> Save more. Save one, mate. Speaking of hardworking comedians, we have one <laughs> more brilliant comedian on Hattie Preston. We all know that the richer you are, the uglier your baby, right? <laughs> Again, that's just. I don't know if you've ever been to Cuba. There's a bunch of fucking supermodels playing in the dirt, um, and then cut to the English royal family. <laughs> you know. I truly think that's the real reason Meghan Markle wanted her privacy, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen that first baby, but that is a rancid, rancid baby that she had. Like, even Meghan Markle's gene pool couldn't do anything about that first one. Like, can you, can you imagine being... Me- I don't give a shit what you think about Meghan Markle. Like, imagine being one of the most objectively beautiful women alive and you look down after birth and you've given birth to, like, ostensibly ginger Voldemort. And... <laughs> You're like, oh my God, they want photographs? Okay, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving. She's like, no, take that blanket off the horse, put it over the baby, take it to the car. Oh, I'm sorry, take that blanket off your aunt, put it over the baby, take it to the car. Patty Preston! Man, she blitzed. She Um, blitzed, that was great. So, Damo, you just got a message on their phone from three about Des Bishop. Did yeah, you say? sorry about that. My my attention span's nuts. But um, that's weird. yeah, we we're just talking about Des Bishop, and I never get uh, texts saying Des Bishop. And I just got a message from three, from three, the network, the phone network, saying is that, is that Vodafone? Des Bishop. Uh, this no, is, this is three, three, the company three. Oh, three. Are you with three? Yeah. 
Aye. And they saw as a promo text saying they're Yeah, got yeah, just going, oh, there's Des, Des Bishop is, uh, yeah, is on I'm, tour. Yeah, he's playing in the Olympia. It's great. Olympia is a fantastic venue. I love it. Yeah, he is there. That's you, got, you got a show in the Olympia coming up? I have to ring you, man. I have to book one in. You got any show you want to plug coming up? No, no, no. And okay. the podcast? The podcast, and that's why we're not together. And that's why we're not together. When, you gonna, when, when are you going to release? I, do, I don't know, Eddie. Um, First episode will be out as soon as this one's finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go check out uh, David McSavage's upcoming live show. Oh, no, you show. can check, uh, join my Instagram page, The Real David McSavage posts and you know videos and, and you know and, and follow me and then when i'm doing a gig like buy a ticket uh, to come and see me or don't you know you know yeah and not saying this because you're sitting there but i've said many of the people one of the funniest instagram accounts i've ever seen thanks thanks again and again and again yeah again. yeah Thank um, you. Again and, and again. you're on at the crackdown on the 30th of december as well oh jesus christ yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have legs spread come on down yeah yeah, on. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, well, oh yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, you can promote it by telling your friends and your family and give it a five-star review on whatever platform you're yeah, on. Yeah, and if you've got a WhatsApp group, but people love a WhatsApp recommendation. Check the link into your WhatsApp with all your mates. Yeah, WhatsApps and, uh, oh, a Patreon. Check out the Patreon if you want to support this podcast. If you want to buy me a coffee or Demo coffee or perhaps David McSavage a coffee. Oh, God, yeah. Um, or a kombucha. Mm. Or a kombucha. So that'd be great. Yeah, Patreon is just uh, patreon.com. Uh, and, and if there are any young girls listening to this who have daddy issues, uh, get in touch with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, like uh, they talk about young women, like I'm talking women in their 30s, daddy issues, because I'm 56. But like, can a 56 year old guy have daughter issues then if a girl has daddy issues? Because you don't have a daughter. Oh, geez, I've never heard of that. Well, you know, like, so she wants a daddy figure, you know, in her life, you know, but obviously it's not her daddy because there's a sexual component to it. But, you know, <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. Right. Dave Thank you for tuning in. He's actually in. standing up and walking out. <laughs>